Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And tonight we're going to be going into Sweet Brutality by Zoe Blake. We're back with Zoe's Russian Spanky Spankies. (laughs) I was so happy to go back to these. I have to tell you, I think that I am in love with Maxim. I might consider having his love child. (laughs) He's a good one. He's absolutely a good one. I... You do okay. So back to TikTok, as always, right? Uh, the cover model for Sweet Brutality, that guy is actually on TikTok. Oh, cool! And I follow him all the time because I just love the way he looks. And I called him out because he has a whole bunch of Russian tattoos, but he says he's from Colombia. Yeah, not Colombia, Cuba. I think it's Cuba. And I do understand that Cuba and Russia have a very like symbiotic relationship and there's a lot of russians in cuba so i was just i'm just curious to see like is one of his parents russian because he never addresses them (laughs) but he says he's cuban he's covered in russian tattoos i don't know any russians with that many russian tattoos (laughs) well obviously you are just not dating the correct russian mafia guys i just don't date russian mafia i don't date russians period (laughs) Because Zoe makes them out to be amazing. And just like most real men, you know, they don't quite measure up to the fictional characters that we read about. Sadly, this is true. Right? I've actually always promised myself I would never date a Russian. I dated one Russian my entire dating career and did not want to end well. <laughs> well, because they, a lot. I mean, I, this is a very stereotypical and generic statement here, but a lot of them do a lot of them are similar to the way Zoe describes them. They're very domineering and sexist. And uh, as much like we said, as much as my book brain is on point with that, my real brain is absolutely not going to deal with that nonsense. So, well, I think it's probably a cultural thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've never been there, but just from, from what I know and from what I've read in nonfiction, not, not using our book boyfriends as a real go-to. I mean, yeah, it's it's fine. Zoe makes everything look amazing and sound amazing. If she could make an underwater blowjob sound amazing, yeah. That was insane. <laughs> that was completely insane. I there are just no words. Yeah. We should probably get started then, huh? So what did you think about Sweet Brutality? Of course I loved it. Of course I loved it. It was everything I've wanted it to be so and fun fact uh this is the first of zoe's books that i helped her uh with the russian translations oh that's awesome so i have a little bit of myself in this book so it's it's got a very special meaning to me because as we've said before i've reached out to zoe previously 
And I was very nicely said that I love your books, but the Russian in them is horrific and it's taking me, <laughs> sticking me out of the books. Can I please help you? And what I didn't think about because I speak Russian is the reason the Russian is so horrible is because it has to be Google translatable because most, right. most people who read it don't speak Russian. So when they're reading it, they highlight it and Google translate it, translates it on their Kindle. So Google Translate is horrible. If you're writing out the grammatically correct saying in Russian, a lot of times it won't translate it to English properly. It's not just Russian. It's that way with all foreign yeah. languages. Yeah, exactly. So she said she took me up on it and she very nicely was like, yeah, totally. But the only thing I have to tell you is they have to be Google translatable. So I worked on it and it was a lot of fun to work with because I had to think a little bit of how to say it because again it had to be google translatable but it also had to make sense so i hope that my fellow russian speaking people think that i did a decent job in translating everything the pet name that he calls her maya iskra my little spark is something my cousin came up with because i was trying to come up with something like a because what zoe originally wanted was firecracker or Spitfire. And okay. there's no such translation. <laughs> In fact, when she first said it, it was like literally spit and fire. And that's not <laughs> like, like, that's not something you would say. So yeah, it's not a nickname. So I was brainstorming with my cousin. And she came up with Iskra. So uh, good job, cousin. <laughs> I thought it was really Very cute. Cool. Anyway, that's a little bit of a Russian lesson with you guys. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> But this book was amazing. Dylan was fun. She wasn't a pushover. She was a little bit too stupid to live, in my opinion, but that's fine. I agree with that. <laughs> Actually, this isn't Dylan. This is Karina. Oh, Karina. Sorry. Wait. So does he call her Iskra or is that Dylan? Am I completely messing up? Dylan was my little doll. Okay. So this one is Iskra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I get, I get them a little confused because we read them so close together, too. So. We do. We go one right after another after another. So I'm sorry, Karina. You're right. So yeah, she was a little too stupid to live too, but it's fine. We're totally on board because she was definitely a spitfire. I loved the back and forth chat they had. Again, I really love the way Zoe makes her rush like her heroes just say the most ridiculous things in the most stern like ways. In the most serious way possible, mm -hmm. but you can't take them seriously. Exactly. <laughs> so funny. They're hysterical and they don't mean to be, which totally I love. Yeah. So we start off with Corinna is at the bar. She is bartending. Oh, right. She's bartending and I've never been a bartender, so I don't know how true any of this is, but like she she's dressed up cute because she wants to make tips, right? Right. Makes sense. Um, and she's wearing this corset that's making her boobs pop out and these tight leather leggings, which side note, I love me a leather legging situation. I own many a pair and they're really comfortable and they look great. So yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. So, and I wear them to work with like a cute top and heels and I make them work. And you know, side note, Mr. Savage never says that I shouldn't wear them. Hmm. Imagine that. Imagine that. He's completely okay with everything. 
but yeah, she's bartending and she's got this drunk idiot customer who's harassing her. And the bouncer is not there. So he got in because romance reasons. We needed somebody to harass her for this. Okay. (laughs) And the manager's too busy talking, chatting up like a customer, I think, to pay attention. So she's trying to deal with him, but he's saying horrible things to her. (laughs) And then she just feels the atmosphere shift. Goes to hit her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He goes to hit her. And that was his mistake. Yep. And the hit never comes because Maxim is there and he stops him. Now, just as a reminder, or in case you haven't read Sweet Savagery, Maxim is Ivan's right-hand man. He is also the one who changed the locks on Dylan's apartment. And he scolded both girls for being out naked in the hall. Even though neither of them was, well, Dylan was kind of naked. She was in a towel, but. Karina was in sleep shorts and a tank top, I think. Actually, I remember she was in silk sleep shorts and a sleep shirt, like sleep tank, because of course, because all these heroines are super poor, but they're always wearing the sexiest outfits. Of course, again, no hate. Okay, I'm for it. 100% for it. I'm jealous of it. Yeah, you should. I mean, you guys see me now. Well, no, you guys don't. But Tori sees me. Um, I'm constantly in a hoodie and some sort of sweatpants or pajama pants. And half the time, they're not even mine. They're my husband's, which they're about eight (laughs) sizes too big. That's actually kind of a book boyfriend situation, you know, stealing your your significant other's clothing and it being very large on you. Yeah. So I like it. Go, Mr. Savage. Oh, no, because he doesn't even like it. He's like, you want my shirt again? Can I have my shirt back? Oh, (sighs) Mr. Savage. He still hasn't listened to the podcast, so he's no idea what I'm I'm talking smack about him constantly on here. But I'm not. But I'm not. I'm not sure if his mom listens. So as you know, my Tori knows my mother-in-law follow, follows our Instagram account, and today's Mother's Day, so it's uh, fitting that we talk about mothers. And I just can't because she likes some of the posts. She likes a lot of the posts that you post, Tori, with the the sexy quotes. And every time I see that, I turn bright pink. I'm like, oh, my God. What is she saying? Because they're they're dirty. They're explicit. (laughs) Yes. Very dirty. And then she likes all of my TikToks I post about turning Mr. Savage into into a book boyfriend. And it's just, I can't, I just, it's just, I don't, I don't understand it because I, I understand that she wants, she's, she's not doing it out of spite or anything. Like she's being very supportive and nice, right? It's just weird. And she was here the other day and she started talking to me about the pod, not the podcast, but like the posts, the Instagram posts. Cause I don't think she listens. I'm not sure. I've never asked her because I'm not brave enough and I don't need to know that information. But I do know that she likes the Instagram stuff and I and she, and she's made comments to my husband about them in, in a positive way, but still weird. <laughs> it was like, oh, I see the posts Nat makes. You must be having a lot of fun together. <laughs> I'm like, no, please don't. <laughs> there are some things that are just not meant to be talked oh about. Oh my god, it's just weird. And like, of course, of course, we have sex. Like, we have two children. It's, it's we're married. Like, it's it's fine. It's just, it's just weird. 
Anyway, sorry. Of course we went on a tangent already. Let's go back. So we digressed. Now back to Maxim. He threatens to spank Karina if she doesn't get out of the hallway. And she gets offended because naturally some strange guy threatens to spank you, even if he is hotter than hell. I highlighted the, the her thought about Maxim. It didn't take a genius to tell he was the type of man who would bend a girl over a table, flip her skirt up, and pound into her till she screamed in ecstasy, giving her the best sex of her life. But fortunately, I could also tell he was the kind of man who would give the girl a quick caress on the cheek and a seductive wink afterward before he casually walked away, forgetting her name, if he had bothered to remember it in the first place. Yeah, I I highlighted that too. And as you were sitting there reading that quote, I just was nodding my head. Yes, please. <laughs> um, of course, a guy like that threatened to spank me. I might just bend over. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I mean, she's smart enough to know that this kind of guy is not worth dating, right? Oh, absolutely. And I do love that. Uh, maybe it's a Russian thing because my mom has a very interesting version of naked as well. He says, because he says, go back to your apartment, co- get back inside and cover yourself. Who the hell do you think you are? I am not naked, right? Because she was wearing, like we said, silk pajama shorts and a tank top. My mom's version of naked is no socks. If you don't have socks on, you're naked. That's just weird. Yeah, that comes, it's a very Soviet old school way of thinking. I think it's freaking weird and completely not true. So please don't, don't take this like I'm saying the truth, but in old, old Soviet culture, socks were tied to fertility. So if your feet were cold, then the cold would travel to your ovaries and freeze them and you wouldn't have babies. <laughs> so when I used to work at a lingerie store, like I said, in, in high school and college, in the summer, I would wear flip-flops or sandals and my mom would hunt me down and they, she would bring socks to me, make me put the socks on. If you have no socks on, that's naked to her. So, fun fact, I don't know if, it's definitely not true, but I, I did wear socks for the majority of my life, and I do have two children that I got pregnant with very quickly. So, maybe the socks are to blame. We'll blame the socks. Yeah. Anyway. Maxim shows up and breaks the guy's nose. He pounds his face down onto the bar and breaks his nose. And then the manager runs over and he says, hey, what do you think you're doing? And he says, do you want to be next? <laughs> I was like, nope, absolutely not. And then he's like, all right, go get your get your purse. We're getting out of here. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still working. And she tries to give people, <laughs> he tries to give people drinks. And Maxim is just giving them the like the dirty, dirty stink eye. And they're like, no, we're good. We don't need anything. Thank you. <laughs> so he he does a very romance hero thing that of course I spooned with. He just picks her up over her shoulder and the bar back gives his her purse to him. <laughs> And then he just stomps out of there. I loved it. And then there's definitely like a, a little bit of a degradation in, in this book because he calls her a whore. There's a lot of degradation yeah. in this book. <laughs> he calls her a whore constantly in a good way, not in a bad way. But she slaps him for it the first time. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, that was a mistake, girl. <laughs> that was a mistake. But I like how he's like, you have played the whore long enough tonight. You're leaving with me. The last words ground out through the clenched teeth. Whore, whore. Did he just freaking call me a whore? Without a thought for the repercussion, I drew back my hand and slapped him acro- across the cheek. 
Maxim's head turned to the side as he absorbed the strike. When he turned back to face me, a ghost of a smile teased his lips. It was terrifying. <laughs> Imagine that would be the case. Yeah, absolutely. But man, how hard does she have to slap him to actually turn his face? She must have hit him hard. <laughs> yeah. I, n- I mean, that's a full body strike right there. Right? I don't think, I mean, I don't think I've ever slapped anyone like that. So I don't know how much force it takes, but I would imagine a lot. But Maxim is pissed off to see her wearing very little. Mm-hmm. And he th- he says, obviously, whatever shit excuse for a man she belonged to wasn't doing his job to keep her in line. I didn't give a fuck if she belonged to someone else. A man who couldn't rein in his woman deserved to lose her. And this woman clearly needed the firm protection of a man's protection. Yeah. My hand. Agreed. <laughs> That's all I got to say. What more do you need to say to that quote? Agreed. Yes, please. Thank you. I agree. But I do love that when he's carrying her out, she calls him a bastard twice. (laughs) This is put me down, you bastard, degenerate bastard. (laughs) It was the nipple piercing that got me. Staring at the deep V of her cleavage, I wondered if her nipples are pierced. Probably not. That would be something I would need to rectify soon. Pierced nipples were way more sensitive to the touch. Perhaps I would make her get tiny hoops I could attach a small leash to. Because naturally, upon your second meeting, you are, of course, going to determine that it's your right to get her pierced. I mean, I'm trash for this. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Read that. Trash for it, too. But I still find it entertaining as hell. Of, of course. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I hear you, girl. And I sent you that bonus scene. You read that bonus scene? Oh, folks, if you haven't read it, oh, my you have to subscribe to Zoe's newsletter and she sends you these bonus scenes that you guys vote for. And last one was you voted for whether you wanted like whatever and whatever or whatever or a nipple piercing bonus scene. And that's what everybody chose. And Zoe wrote a hot scene with Karina's nipples pierced. This is probably too much information, but I used to have my nipples pierced. I thought about it at one point. But I was just never brave enough. I did it back in college. I had, okay, this, again, this is probably way too much information. This is why Mrs. Savage should not listen <laughs> because <laughs> I had, I had both of them pierced for a little while. And when I met Mr. Savage, he had both of his pierced as well. And they would get stuck together all the time. <laughs> not fun. So we see where that might be awkward. It was also just painful <laughs> because you just, you know, you're like doing stuff and then they get, they get smushed onto each other. Anyway, I do not have them anymore. And neither does he, because we're old and boring at this point. But before back in the day, we were fun. And I don't know if they made me any more sensitive. I know that's what a lot of people do say, but I, I didn't really feel much of a difference, but maybe I didn't do that right. Maybe I didn't get them pierced correctly. I don't know. End of rant about nipple piercings. Thank you. <laughs> but then he starts counting in the parking lot <laughs> because he tells her to take off. Oh, he puts a jacket, his own sweater, sweatshirt on top of her in the parking lot because he's really mad that sh- her boobies are on display and everybody's oogling them. His rationale is if he's thinking these dirty thoughts, then other people are. And he doesn't want other people thinking dirty thoughts about his lady. So he puts a... Uh, his one of his sweaters on top and she's like trying to take it off and he says take it off and see what happens she paused before her eyes also narrowed 
Tightening her lips into a scowl, she drew the sweater over her head and tossed it onto the muddy parking lot tarmac. I ran the tip of my tongue over the front of my teeth and met her defiant stare. And that's three. My note there was, I love it when they start counting. Well, you know it's going to get good if they're counting. I want to know what they're always, I always want to know what they're counting to. It's usually three, but when, when are you keeping track of, buddy? But he again comes back with the whore comment in the parking lot. He says, you know, if you want to, if you want to dress like a whore, I'll treat you like a whore. How much for a quick fuck in the parking lot? Yeah. She does not like that. But she, he also says that he's, he kind of likes that she challenged him because he says in his line of work, he better be a quick judge of character. And it was apparently, it was immediately apparent when he first met her in the hallway of her apartment that Karina was an innocent playing at being tough and in control. So he says, what explained her foolish attempt to protect her friend against someone like me? What else would explain it? She was trying to be tough, but she was just a softie. But I mean, yeah, it was fun. And truth be told, he wanted to provoke her into an argument because has all the other Russians, he wants an excuse to spank her. He also says that he had never been into degradation before, but there was just something about her. I'd never been into degradation kink, but there was just something about this woman that made me want to slap her ass and call her my own little whore as I plowed into her. That wasn't nearly as startling as another driving need to cradle her in my arms and call her my sweet baby girl. Yeah, more into the first one, but all right. <laughs> I see a time and place for both. But then he drives her home and follows her into her apartment. And she's like, please. Oh, no, before that, before that was really funny. The, the, he, he tells her he's going to drive her home. He's like, what about my car? Someone's going to steal it if I leave it here. And it's like an old ass, I don't know, Toyota Corolla from like 98. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly it. But he's like, don't worry about it. No one's stealing your car. But he does get one of his goons to drive it to her apartment. And noted that he didn't leave keys or anything because they're they're good at hot wiring cars. <laughs> well, what I want to know is where does he and Ivan have all these men? They brought them over. It's like they brought a small army. Yeah, they're part of the Russian mafia. They've got men everywhere. Or they're borrowing them from Dmitri. That's probably it. Yeah, because, no, actually, I think that is exactly what it is. I think they're borrowing them from Dmitri. They may have brought a few, but the majority... They're borrowing from Dmitri, which Dmitri apparently has about, I don't know, 8,000 of them. But when Maxim gets her home, she says, what now? Are you going to kill me? Bury my body? <laughs> and he says, we're in Chicago. <laughs> There's not a desert. And the ground is too hard in the winter to bury a body properly. Yeah, I love these answers. <laughs> and he was so serious. He was, he was being 100% realistic with her. But... Then he tells her to go take a shower. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. She, she fainted. First, she fainted in her apartment. She tries to, oh, my boyfriend will be home soon. Mm -hmm. And of course, he goes, okay, sure, we'll kill him. <laughs> as, as the other ones, they're very, they got like certain lines. They just, I don't know. They learned in Russian mafia school, okay? Well, and Corinna was the one who kept telling Dylan to go after Ivan mm -hmm. because she thought it was so romantic. I wonder how she feels about that now. Well, she says at some point, she's like, oh, man, I, I, I'm the one who told Dylan to just go have fun with this Russian guy. I should probably do the same thing. But now I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's not a good thing. I should probably tell Dylan not to do it either. But then she wants to commiserate after her one night stand. Because, of course, again, she thinks it's a one night stand because they all do. 
but they didn't really get to talk until much later on and they couldn't really talk freely because emma and mary were there. those two but yeah she fainted because it was just far too much for her to comprehend like all these things kept happening because he picked up this duffel bag and he brought it in with her and she says do you promise to leave if i go in and he says no oh that's the other thing he just keeps telling her no 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 about everything and she's like well, do you know do you say anything else all you say to me is no yeah, i highlighted that one too he leaned in close i know plenty of english words lick fuck <laughs> wet yep hot cock cunt her cheeks flamed as she took a step back that's not what i meant yeah i'd be a hundred i'm like with her i get so embarrassed <laughs> not in a bad way but it just turned up completely pink i i turned completely pink reading these scenes let alone if someone says them to me oh i can't i can't do it yeah i i get a little pink but i also get a little melty so i, I don't get melty i get really really uncomfortable on, uh, we're going to go back to TikTok. On TikTok, they have these dudes who whisper dirty things into your ear as they strip off their shirts. And I I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. And I turn bright pink and I swipe away quickly. I should send them to you. I'll be happy to, to take those recommendations. There's one that it's like, Oh God, it's so bad. And just people keep replaying it. So I see it constantly. And I just know the the tone of voice every time that guy just takes a breath, like in the beginning, he's like, I'm like, no, 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 swipe, swipe. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't. I'm sure Zoe knows exactly who I'm talking about too, because Zoe's on TikTok with me. But yeah, she passes out and then wakes up and he's, he's given her tequila <laughs> to like wake her back up. And then he's like, you, oh, wait, I'm sorry. She's like, well, you can't be here. Like, I don't even know you. It's back to that. Like, you got to leave. I'm home. I'm not sleeping with you. I don't know you. And he says, Maxim, Maxim Konstantinovich Miloslavsky, at your service. <laughs> and you are Karina Giovanna Russo, born and raised in Chicago. Both parents are still living. Although you've been on your own since you were in high school. And she's like, stop, stop. How do you know all this stuff about me? Because I have connections, as I've told you. You interest me. Also, you're an American woman and everything's on social media. So I know everything about you. Guilty. <laughs> well, he tells her that she's going to have to take everything down and delete her account. Mm -hmm. And she gets so sarcastic with him. And it's another one of those moments where he doesn't register the sarcasm. No, not at all. And I can't decide if he doesn't get the sarcasm or if he's just ignoring the sarcasm i think it's a cultural thing i think he just doesn't understand it because it happens so often in this book because karina is a sarcastic little wench yeah she's probably my number two after mary mine too i, I love her <laughs> but then he orders her to go take a shower and she spitefully does even though she's like I'm so fucking pissed I'm doing this, but he's like, but the shower sounds really nice. So she gets in the shower and then I think she starts thinking about touching herself because he's, he's, she's super horny because he's out, out there. <laughs> and, and then he comes in the shower and we get the shower scene, the romance early. Yeah. We get a very early shower scene. And I love that they both fit in that teeny tiny shower because they're both the apartment is supposed to be a shithole. It's like a 
Although I think Zoe got around it because she said it was an old building. So the bathrooms were still big because it was an older building. <laughs> so I was like, that's clever. Because he's supposed to be huge, right? He's supposed to, I don't know how tall, but like at least 6'2 and huge and muscular. And if you're going to put that man in a shower with another human, it's got to be a big shower. They have the spanking scene around this time too. Mm -hmm. And he thinks that she is deliberately provoking him. And it really distresses her when she realizes that he's right. He says, this is what you want, isn't it, baby girl? Not sweet words of love, but rough and dirty with a hint of pain. But before in the shower, she freaks out because she, of course, she's got a ginormous penis. And she's like, oh, my God. And it's pierced. Oh, yeah. I, how could I forget? Of course. Yeah, it's pierced. I had to go look up what that was because because she said it was a reverse Prince Albert. I had to Google that one as well. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Have fun Googling that, guys. Google, it has everything. Yeah. Some things cannot be in. Mm -mm, no, <laughs> I've, um, I've never experienced that, nor do I have any interest to. So have fun, ladies. I don't know. I kind of want to talk to someone who's who has, though. Curious. Tori's very quiet. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Okay. I have nothing to add to that conversation. <laughs> All right. Hey, I told you about my nipple piercings. I, I have never taken one of those for a test drive. Okay, fine. Not. Because I haven't wanted to. Just the option has not appeared. Well, maybe Mr. Klein will do it for your birthday or something. There's a thought. Eh? I, my birthday was in January, but Christmas, you know, that's come sooner. Fourth of July. Whatever. Just an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Mother's Day is today. Cat mom. That's true. Right? I like it. And then report back. But yeah, it's, of course, it's huge and it's pierced. And she's like, oh, my fucking God. No. Nope. Nope. No way in hell am I doing that. <laughs> Get that thing away from me. They don't say how big it is in inches, but it's got to be at least, I don't know, what, 10? They say it's a battering ram. Yeah, that's unreasonable. Again, ladies, who actually wants that? Not me. Not me. Yeah. Okay. But she thinks, she tries to throw him out of the shower. She says, you know, I thought maybe I could do this, but I I'm not the kind of girl who has a one-night stand. Yeah. And of course, his immediate thought was, <laughs> It's not going to be a one-night stand, so you're fine. He's like, you're mine. I'm not letting you go. But as they all do, he's like, I'm just going to have fun with her for the duration of my stay in America. And then it turns into, oh, I'm just going to take her back with me to Russia. He does make her come in the shower and then like drags her out. And she's about to, and he, like, he wants to have sex, like he wants to do it again. And she says, no, I'm like way too sensitive. It just came. Do not do that and he does not give two shits which i'm for it well she, he doesn't give two shits about the condom that she says he needs to wear either. Uh, and you know how i feel about that so <laughs> I mean, fuck a condom never in my life had i said those words but there was just something about this woman a condom implied this was just another fucking that she was just another pussy i already knew that wasn't the case she was different and i wouldn't tolerate anything between us I really love how these men just imprint. It's almost like a faded mate situation. They see the lady and they're like, that's it. She's mine. End of story. And they always know that you're clean. Don't do this in real life, guys. I mean, I'm sure you know you're all smart, but don't just ask someone if they're clean and go for it, go for it with their answer. Because everyone's horny. Of course, they're just going to say they're clean. Uh, but we love it in books. So it's fine. We love it in books. 
And of course they have amazing sex. It's it's hot. It is very hot. Oh gosh. So he writes such great sex scenes. Yeah. It was amazing. And he makes her come like a bazillion times. Of course. And then oh, then he threatens butt stuff with her. She's like, no, no, I've never done that because I've never have done that before. And he get of course he loves that, but he doesn't quite have sex. Uh, they don't do butt stuff yet, but he, I think he puts a finger in there or something. He does get a hell of a blowjob. Yeah, it's, um, I was just, okay, fine. I was rereading. <laughs> um, fine. <laughs> this is your job to reread it. There's no shame in and, it. But after they're done, he goes to the bathroom and she gets up to get dressed. Yes. And he spanks her or he threatens to spank her because he wanted to clean her up. Yeah, they always do that. <laughs> it's so nice. And also, the, he doesn't want her to get dressed. He just wants her naked. He also calls what they just did lovemaking. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. The, which made me giggle hysterically. Yeah, it's absolutely not what that is, but that's okay. You, you know, English is your second language. No worries. <laughs> but he doesn't leave. He gets into bed to go to sleep. And she's like, what are you doing? And he says, I'm going to bed. Because, but, but we're done. Leave. And he says, I, I'm not even close to being done with you. He also later tells her he just doesn't like hotel rooms. <laughs> he doesn't like hotels. Yes. And she's like, oh. And she thinks that's why he's shacking up with her. It's like, oh, that's why you're staying at my apartment with me. You just don't like hotels. And he's like, no, that's not why. <laughs> he's like, your, your apartment's horrible. But she, she does do the whole like, oh, I've never slept next to a guy and like really liked it before. And then she wakes up and it was like the best sleep of her night, but she, but he's gone and she feels kind of sad, even though she expected him to be gone. She feels like he, she misses him. And I'm like, girl, you just stigmatized. It's all good. <laughs> Happens to all of us. <laughs> but he did not leave. He's still there. He's making breakfast. So she goes out there. Oh, and she's wearing his jersey that he, he gave her the night before. She dug it out of the hamper because she smells coffee and she's thinking it's Dylan. Let, let Dylan let herself in. They're going to have girl chat. So she puts on his jersey and he goes out there and he says, good morning, my derska djevushka, coffee. <laughs> and she's like, oh, shit. In the center of my island, my pink business planner is there. And he was literally checking out her business planner. And, he's, and then he's giving her tips on like, your research sounds good, but your numbers are off. And he's like, I'll help you out with that. And she's like, what the hell do you know about bakery business? Because she's uh, going to be a pastry chef. And he's like, well, I'm an arms dealer. It's still business. And this is when they get into that conversation about how comfortable he is saying that he's an arms dealer and a criminal. And she's not comfortable yes. with it. And then they get into a little bit of a, a yelling match about it. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, you need to stop talking about that because I, I'm going to need to stop. Because what does she say? She says... Um, wait, what? You're a damn it, my brain's not functioning right now. It had completely short circuited the moment I saw him casually standing in my kitchen. And then she talks he talks about being an arms dealer and she gets mad or she gets she she's kind of horrified. She's like, You're a criminal. And he says, I'm going to need you to stop saying that so loudly. The shoebox you call an apartment has very thin walls. My eyes widened as he backed me against the kitchen sink. You're right. I should be calling for the police. Police! Police! 
I was screaming like an unhinged crazy person, but I couldn't help it. I had slept with an international arms dealer criminal last night, and we didn't use a condom. I could be carrying an international arms dealer's criminal's baby right now. I mean, talk about a meltdown. Yeah, I mean, this because what is she not on the pill? She says that she's on breast control, but I think that she's still just freaking out. I mean, yeah, nothing's 100%, so it could still happen. But I love me a back me against the sink scene, so yes, please. Then he starts kissing her and it's hot and he gives her coffee. And I love that. He just knows where everything is. Like he knows where the coffee cream. He actually, he went grocery shopping because she had nothing. She had like some old Chinese food and that was it. And some, I don't know, wine. And powdered creamer. Mm-hmm. The powdered creamer. Yeah. That comes back later too. And he, he goes and he buys the good creamer, the brand name creamer, and he buys some groceries. I love that these men stock the girl's fridge. All of them do it. Yes. But of course, when you're a grad student or otherwise poor, having your fridge, having lots in your fridge is a luxury. Yeah. Also, it's just, I mean, yes, it's money, but also it's just caring. You know, it's like they want to nourish you. Like they want to fuck you, but they also want to nourish you. And that, isn't that heartwarming? <laughs> I love when they take care of the ladies in general. It's a very caring aspect. They always want to make sure, especially not necessarily Maxim, but Vasca was very much into feeding Mary. And I loved that yes. because he was just making sure she wasn't hungry. <laughs> I love that. It's about this time that Karina notices the clock and realizes that she's running late to class. And she's like, you can see yourself out. Peace. <laughs> I'm going to go take a shower and get ready. And she comes back out in a pair of, I think she's wearing leggings and a tank top. I mean, she's going to be wearing a chef's jacket for class. So you don't want to wear a whole lot under that. No. I imagine that would be awfully hot and not the the fun kind of hot. No. But he demands that she goes and changes. Yeah, he gets, he's like, no, you're not wearing that, girl. Go back, do best go get back and change. She's like, I don't have time to change. I, I gotta go. I'm be late for class. And he, oh. I love it. He just does not take it. Well, she says, who do you think you are? But you know, she, you're just, you're just a guy. I fuck. Yeah. She says, you're not my father or my boyfriend. So you don't get to tell me what to do and what to wear. And that was not the correct thing to say, Karina. His response, I could have hit the floor. When he finally spoke, his tone was soft and deceptively polite. I need to apologize. This is my fault. Apparently I haven't made myself clear. I like you, so I'm going to keep you for now, which means you are mine. Yeah. And he says this, Maxim's entire body stiffened, his eyes narrowed, his nostrils flared, tossing my backpack onto the floor. He stalked towards me. I couldn't get away fast enough. His hands reached out to encircle my throat. He didn't squeeze. It was just enough pressure to control my movements. He forced me to walk backwards till my body slammed into the wall behind me. He moved his hand to place his forearms on the wall over my head, caging me in. Why am I trash for this stuff? That was hot. And then he gave us a whole spiel. Uh, fuck yeah. And he's, he threatens to kill any man who looks at her if she goes out wearing what she's wearing. And he says, I've, I've asked you nicely. I've been polite. If I have to ask you again, I won't be so polite. God. 
my pants just flew off my body. <laughs> and I think I ovulated on the spot. Yeah, my ovaries. Well, I don't have ovaries anymore, but if I did, they would they would be raring to go. Oh, you're lucky. I think I'm getting my period any minute now. I'm like breaking out like a teenager. Uh, anyway, I'm telling you, my hysterectomy, one of the best things that I've ever done. I'm, I would have totally gotten my tubes tied and all that nonsense if I had my C-section, but I never had a C-section. So I did get Mr. Savage C-section, not C-section, I snipped. <laughs> Which, side note, with all this crazy stuff that's happening with the anti-abortion. Oh my, you don't even want to get me started on that. I Because I can, I can go on for hours. Yes, me too. So let's not get into that. But I was just so thankful. I've never been this thankful for my husband's vasectomy, ever. Because everybody's known, my, both my pregnancies were extremely horrible and really, really dangerous for me. So I cannot have another baby. Like physically, it will kill me. So it's just crazy that this is happening in the world. But no one's here to talk politics with us. So (laughs) let's go back to the fun. Because we're here to distract from the craziness that's happening in the world. Well, he is kind of surprised by his reactions to Karina. But he says, now after tasting and sinking deep into that sweet pussy... I had even less restraint when it came to another man even glancing in her direction. For as long as I stayed in America, she was just going to abide by my rules or accept the consequences. I wouldn't hesitate to punish her and kill any man who got close to her. Yeah. I am so down for that. Oh my God. My book brain was so happy reading this book because the things that come out of this man's mouth are amazing. It's so hot. It's like, Zoe had a checklist of everything that I wanted Mm -hmm. and she just was ticking them off. You know how I say, put it in my veins, Mm -hmm. put this whole thing in my veins. Yes. Yeah. Like you went into my brain, you ticked all my boxes, you got me high and then you made me wait to the next book, (laughs) which actually I didn't have to wait that long. So I'm still waiting on the next book. I am super excited that it will be out very, very shortly. It's coming out soon, guys. And I, like I said, I've read the, I was, I beta read it because I was helping with the Russian. And you think this book is hot? Just wait for Luca. Just wait for Luca. He's even hotter if that's fucking possible. I don't believe you. I don't believe it's It's, possible. I don't know how she does it. Okay. I've made this note in my own brain somehow. Think back to Sweet Cruelty and how hot that book was. It just gets hotter with each book. Yeah. So just wait till Luca, because that's the final book. The final book, which I'm mad at. I want more of this stuff. I want more of this series. Zoe Blake, you best go back to your Russian mafia people. I want more of them. I know there are more. There were more at the end of uh, at the end of Sweet Ferocity. There was I, I you know how you like note people as you're reading. Mm-hmm. I've noted people. Noted them. <laughs> I want their story. Sorry. Um, go back. Go back to the book. Back to the book. He decides that if she's good, he would set her up with a bakery. Because he is wealthy enough, he says, I have an obscene amount of money. And he says, plus, it would help solidify my control over her for when I return to America. Yeah. It would be useful to have a warm and willing body waiting for me each time I returned. I could set her up in a home and her little business would keep her occupied and out of trouble while I was gone. Oh, this dumb, dumb thing. So he's going to leave her. Just wait. 
like silly man paragraph later he's like no she's coming with me to russia but yeah then he drops her off at school because again she's trying to oh she goes and changes guys she goes and changes for sure <laughs> sorry we completely we missed that after <laughs> yeah after that after that whole scenario that we went handy melting over of course she changed and then he dropped her off at school and he asked her what time she gets out of school <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> he wanted to walk her in and he's like no no just let me go to class and she's like what are you doing he's like i'm gonna attend class with you because you're not telling me when you get out i'll just cancel my morning meeting and then she relents and tells him i get out at what time was she says something like 4 30 when she actually got out at 2 30 yeah or something like that yeah she says 4 30 yeah she says 4 30 and then he looks at her she's like fine my classes are done oh no she's like fine my classes are done at four i raise my eyebrow she bit her lip, then sighed. 2.30. I stroke her cheek, choosing to ignore it when she turns her face away. Do I have to tell you what will happen if you are not here at 2.30 waiting for me? <laughs> no, she whispered. Good girl. There's a lot of praise in this one. Yeah, too. there's a lot of degradation. The degradation is heavy, but so is the praise. Mm-hmm. I'm not really into that, but I'm fine with it. It's fine. It, I know some people are like super into the good girl thing. I think I would not like that. I am more into the degradation than I am the good girl. Yeah, same. <laughs> but I don't complain if I hear a good girl. I don't complain either. It's just not something that ever really does anything for me. Again, I know people are really into it. So if you're into good girl, here you go. Maxim says good girl a lot. Um, and then he goes to his meeting. It's at a Russian bathhouse. Yes, which, side note, I pass one all the time. There's one around where I live. And I see the people getting out of there, and they never look like, they never look like what I want them to look like. They always look like my dad, which is not my thing, obviously. So he is meeting with Ivan and Dimitri and Vasco. Mm -hmm. And he determines that America has made them soft. And they have an entire conversation about Gregor's little girl. And Dimitri is like, mine's going to be cuter. (laughs) They both laughed. Ivan and I exchanged looks. What happened to talking about whores, liquor, and guns? Yep. But it's so cute. I love it. I love when we go back and see some of those old characters in this. Oh, absolutely. It makes me so happy. So I'm, I'm into it. But Dimitri says something derogatory about Dylan. Yes. And Ivan is like, don't talk about her that way. Mm. And and then Dimitri says, welcome to the club. (laughs) So funny. And Max's response was, I shook my head. Fools, allowing them to be led around by the dick by some woman. I checked the clock on the wall. I had better hurry. I was meeting the locksmith over at Karina's apartment. So funny. So funny. I love it. I love it. And then we go to, we cut to the scene with Karina in her class with her friend. This is who I'm kind of waiting for because her friend was brought up as a possible next heroine, in my opinion. I'm waiting for it, Zoe. You better write that book. (laughs) She's always going to be like, who the hell do you think you are telling me what to write? (laughs) I am your number one fan and I want it. Please. Thank you. But her friend kind of is like, ooh, like, you're a little weird today. Like, you were with a boy. Yeah, you were with a boy. He's like, I wasn't with a boy. 
Because <laughs> obviously you cannot call Maxim a boy. Not even close. <laughs> and I love that this whole scene because they're just like whispering and they have a very like stern chef Paulina who's like this like older kind of like the stereotypical chef that you would see on a TV show, I think, in my opinion. She's very like straight laced and starchy and, you know, not not fun. And they're whispering, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and at some point it gets really quiet. <laughs> and Karina says, no, I did not do butt stuff. <laughs> See, that is that that is my luck. Because I just be talking and talking and talking. And then it gets quiet and I am abnormally loud. Yep. And horribly embarrassed. <laughs> I have been there. Me too. A hundred percent. Me too. And then she's like, you totally did bud stuff. <laughs> and it was just so funny. And then they get a, and kind of like scolded by the teacher because they're being loud. And then all of a sudden there is a loud clatter outside and she hears these ominous footsteps. Boom, boom, boom. A sick feeling of dread settled in my stomach. And then Maxim's here. <laughs> and he has this conversation with Chef Polina and she is baffled because this starchy, very strict, uppity old lady is giggling and flirting <laughs> with Maxim. And she feels jealous over it. Yes. Yes. Out of everyone that she can be jealous over, it's her 60-some married teacher. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. But then she hides from him under the table. <laughs> and her friend, I can't remember her friend's name, but Avery. Thank you. Her friend, like, trying to cover for her. And then I love how this is where I thought, oh, like, because he noted her. He noted Avery. Like, this is Avery. She seems like a good person. She's standing up for her friend. Take note of Avery. And I was like, all right, Avery's going to get fucked in the next book. <laughs> And then she didn't, but, but then he picks her up kind of like a suitcase. It's so funny. You can see it. It's very action-y in my brain, the way this happens, because Karina is crawling under the tables to try and get away from him. And he just kind of like walks by and scoops her up by her chef coat, picks her up like a suitcase and just walks out to the hallway. And the teacher kind of looks at him and he's like, it's a game. Yeah. We play this game. Yeah. Cause she's like, no, stop. Put me down. Oh, she says, yeah. Hey, let go. Stop. Ignoring her, please. I raise a farewell hand to her teacher. It's a game we play. The teacher giggles and waves back. What fun. (laughs) I love this scene. It was so much fun. And he drags her into some dude's office and then yells at the dude to leave. And he does. It turns out that it's the dean's office. Oh, yeah, that's it. I don't pay attention to details. This is what we have Tori for. (laughs) I'm just here for the dickin'. And then he explains to her that the problem and the reason he's dragged her out of class is because there's something wrong with Dylan. Shit's going down. Because they talked about this in the bathhouse scene. There's nonsense happening. Romance reasons. People are in danger. And because these other people are there to cause trouble. And they have to reciprocate. But in order to reciprocate, they have to lock down all their women first so that their women don't get in the crossfire. And he tells her, he says, well, well, Dylan's apartment was ransacked. It was trash. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, her family, they're assholes. This is the first time it happened. And then he's like, well, he, he hit her. And Karina let out an exasperated sigh. Is that what this is all about? 
Dylan knows how to cover up a black eye, just like I do. Dylan and I take care of each other. We always have. We'll handle this. And the idea, just like with Ivan, the idea that these girls have had to learn how to cover up a black eye and are so fucking blasé about one of them getting hit. He he just hits the roof. Yeah, I loved this too. This is another put it in my vein stuff when the guy gets so angry. He's like, how dare somebody hit what's mine? And he says, someone hit her. My Karina. Like someone hit my little spark. How dare they? And I loved it. I was like, yes, get angry. Get angry. <laughs> and then I have a sexy scene after that too. It's fun. It has the whole clearing the desk off with a swoop of an mm-hmm. arm, which is yes. one of my favorites. I love that too. It's so cliche, but I love it, especially when it's not yours, not your desk. And I don't have to clean it up. Exactly. That was so fun. And and then he says, just let me comfort you, you know? And he says, Nikto nikogda prinesot tibia bol apet. Yadayu tibia slova. He says, no one will ever bring you pain again. I give you my word. And this is when he decides to keep her forever. She's just his now, not just for the duration of the trip, forever. She is his. He has decided it. She didn't get the memo, however, because she's like, don't make me empty promises. We don't know each other. And I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. And he says, well, I will show you how well I know you. Mm -hmm. And proceeds to fuck the hell out of her. Oh my God, it was so hot. (laughs) So hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. I needed her to understand. Needed her to know that she was mine now. And that I always protected what was mine. Never again would I allow anyone close enough to hurt her. She's horrified in a way because she's definitely turned on. But again, she's like in her dean's office. So... (laughs) She's like, wait, we can't not hear. And he says, this is happening, whether you want it or not. I need to show you that this is this is how I mean business. When he eats her out real good and then he fucks her real good, it's, it's real good. I loved it. <laughs> the end. After we finished, I helped her dress. Pulling her th- close to my side, I escorted her out of the building to my car. When she was inside, I reached past her into the glove compartment and pulled out a roll of duct tape. <laughs> Karina's eyes widened. What are you doing? Sorry, baby. It has to be done. And we saw part of this in the previous book, which was amazing. And it's even more amazing seeing the whole thing come together. He talk tapes her because he has to go do business and he doesn't trust her to stay in the car. And he's apologizing as he does it. He's like, mm-hmm. don't worry. When, when I'm finished with work, I'll take you to a nice dinner. Yeah, we'll go get oysters. It'll be nice. He's like struggling with all we make things worse. And and then he gets to where he's going and he kisses her on the mouth over the, the duct tape. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh my, there's we're definitely something wrong with us because we're saying this is cute. Mr. Savage has yet to kidnap me, by the way. I'm still waiting on that. You'll be both, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out that Maxim is there to lend support to Ivan, who has Dylan's uncle they have caught frank and it's it's time to make him pay and she sees them bring frank in and she recognizes that frank doesn't come out yeah i mean she notices that they're gonna murder him 
because the way he spoke to her about never being hit again and all that, she's smart enough to know, like, this guy's not coming out of there alive. And then once he comes out, he's covered in blood. She notices that he has to change his outfit. He's got bruises on his knuckles, I think it said. And he's like, oh, my God, I just witnessed somebody murder the hell out of my friend's uncle. Yes, she says they were going to kill Dylan's uncle right in front of me. And and this is when she got scared because she saw his expression change before they, they went in to murder him. Instead of appearing their usual bright emerald, his eyes looked cold and black. Oh my god, they were going to kill him. They were going to kill Dylan's uncle right in front of me. And then it felt like an eternity before Maxim returned. His suit jacket and tie were both off. His shirt sleeves were rolled up, exposing more of his ominous tattoos. You could see a faint outline in his silver nipple rings and chest tattoo through this thin, pale violet shirt. As he walked closer to the car, I saw something else. Blood splatter. And then he just had casually changed because he went to the trunk, opened it, changed, and then he was wearing something else. Didn't look incredible, of course. <laughs> and she's not afraid for herself. She is under no illusion that this man is going to hurt her. Even though he has no. her tied up, well, duct taped, and at his mercy. She never, and never registers that he might hurt her. But she says, I was trying to be brave for both Dylan and myself, but this was all just too much. He was too close. My body's reaction to him was too confusing. I needed to get away from him as soon as possible. This man was toxic as hell. My ears teared up. Please just let me go. He ran his thumb over my lips a second time. No. Yep. That's all he says to her. No. And then he says, never make me do that again. Because he cut the duct tape off of her. As if that's her fault. <laughs> that's not her fault. You kidnapped her out of class. You could have kept her in class. Done your murder, you murder, and then gotten her. Yeah, she would have never known then. Exactly. This is all your fault, dude. I mean, I'm for the whole kidnapping thing, so I'm not mad, but could have been avoided. She was perfectly fine in class. Nobody even knows that you liked her at this point, so I think she would have been safe in class. Anyway, then he drives to the safe house, then they drive safe to the house. safe house, I think. Yeah, which I love because she says after passing several massive McMansions, he pulled up to what I could only describe as the most antisocial looking one of the bunch. And then, oh, this is when we get the, the chase scene. Yeah. You know me. You know me and my chase scenes. <laughs> I've outed myself on this podcast many a time saying that I love me a chase scene. I guess I have a bit of a primal thing happening. But these fancy gates open and they drive through. And she's like, okay, this is my only chance. Once these gates close, I cannot get out of here. So it's it's now or never. And she tucks and rolls out of the moving car and sprints to try and get out of the gates. And she almost makes it, guys. So close. But of course she doesn't make it because he catches her and he makes her pay. <laughs> he says, what the fuck were you thinking? Just as angry, I fired back. I was thinking I'd get away from the homicidal criminal who kidnapped me and just killed my friend's uncle. And he's like, I've got news for you, baby. I'm not just a homicidal criminal. I'm also the man who just had his cock deep inside that pussy of yours. He reached down with his other hand and palmed me between my legs. That means I own you. My note was, okay, sure. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Sure. Why not? <laughs> and she's like, the fuck it does. You're just a guy I fucked. You don't own me any more than the next guy I fucked does. Mm, yeah, you should not have said that. 
Yeah, because he doesn't speak for a little while. And he says when he finally spoke, his words were as sharp as cut glass. You let another man touch you, and that is the last thing he will do on this earth. Put it in my veins. <laughs> Mr. Savage never says anything like that to me. Neither does Mr. Klein. I am a good-looking lady, okay? People say nice things to me all the time. And then I tell him about it, and he's like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I had, sorry, we're going to go on a little bit of a tangent. There's a shock. One of the weirdest experiences of my life recently. Uh, I made a TikTok about it, so you may have already seen it. But I had a tattoo artist approach me, a male tattoo artist, and tell me that I have some of the most perfect skin he's ever seen. <laughs> And that he wants to tattoo me. He gave me his number and insisted I call the tattoo shop. (laughs) And I told my husband about this experience. And he was like, yeah, you should totally do it because maybe you'll get a free tattoo out of it. Also, you do have great skin and you don't have any tattoos. So you should totally get a tattoo, which I have a tattoo, Mr. Savage. It's very small, very, very, very small, but it counts. (laughs) It counts. Can you imagine if someone said something like that to Karina? They would be dead. Yes. Mr. Savage was like, yeah, okay, cool. You should totally do it. Give him a call. You've been meaning to get that stupid cat tattoo covered for years. Go do it. She says, why are you doing this? Feeling my body slacken, Maxim loosened his grip. We don't get to choose the people we feel a connection to. You're smart and beautiful and ambitious, and you deserve a man who works an ordinary nine-to-five job who will give you kids and a dog and a white picket fence. But you didn't get that. You got me instead. Mm-hmm. I sniffed as a stray tear ran down my cheek. You could still choose to let me go. Maxim smiled. No, I couldn't. From the moment I first set eyes on you, I don't think I had a choice. Which I think is the most yeah. romantic thing he says to her. Yeah, I told you. It's like a faded mate's Wednesday imprint. You're theirs. Sometimes it takes a couple of chapters to figure that out, but when, but they figure it out and it works out really great. Anyway, then he drags her into the house. Into the soundproof basement room. And she really thinks at this point that he is going to murder her <laughs> because there's a bunch of guns and stuff down there. Because it's a shooting range, guys. I wouldn't, I've never had a sex scene in a shooting range before, by the way. This was a first for me. A date to a shooting range would be awesome. Right? I am down for that. Well. You live in a state, they have lots of shooting ranges, I'm sure, by you. Probably, no? I don't know. I think so. You're, like, far north in New York. I'm in western New York, so. Yeah, I'm. they have to have a bunch there, because there's so much space. Well, I'm coming from Tennessee, where you just walk out in your backyard. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, the Yankees are a little bit more controlled. Just a okay? little bit more. Just a teeny tiny bit. Although what I lovingly call Pennsylvania is where my mother-in-law lives. It's like Western Pennsylvania, like Western Western Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And she lives in a community that borders a legitimate forest. So you can just do whatever you want back there. (laughs) And my brother-in-law is a hunter. And during hunting season, he just goes to her house. Sounds about right. Because if you just literally walk 10 feet from the house into the forest, he's on legal hunting ground. Welcome to my world. It's bananas. I'm I'm living a very compact. I, I live 20 minutes from Manhattan. So it's like a very anti-shoot anywhere kind of place. Yeah. We have, we have shooting ranges, but they're a lot more controlled and 
I don't think there's any outdoor ones that I know of. They're all indoor. Well, Karina is very adamant that she doesn't want to learn. She doesn't want the gun. She wants nothing to do with it. And she says, are you going to kill me now? So he gives her a gun, points it at him and says, here, pull the trigger. Of course she doesn't. She doesn't even believe the gun is loaded, which, spoiler, it was. And he says, it's now or never, baby. Pull the trigger and you end it all. She sniffed as she wiped her other cheek with her shoulder. Her beautiful lips trembled. I took another step closer. Her elbows bent as her grip slackened. I held her gaze with mine. But know this, baby girl. If you don't, that's it. Game over. You're mine. Yeah. And then she's horrified to find out later that the gun is loaded. And she's like, I could have killed you. But he says, I will not apologize for helping kill a piece of shit abuser who beat up your friend. Just as I will not apologize for breaking that asshole's nose for touching you. They both deserve what they got. And I'm sure as fuck not going to apologize for wanting to protect you. I protect what's mine. And at that point, my whole body just spasmed. Mine did too. Yeah. And she does threaten to shoot him at that point. She says, don't go any closer. I will shoot you. I'll do it. You have to stop all of this. Like, let me go. This is insane. And he says, no. And she says, stop saying no. That's all you say. And he like suggestively looked at her and says, oh, my Marinka, that's not all I say. <laughs> um, then comes a very, was... very hot scene, sex scene at the gun mm-hmm. range. I was a little surprised that he didn't do her with the gun. I was too. I kind of anticipated that, but you don't get a lot of gunplay or knife play or anything like that in the series. So it looking objectively, it doesn't surprise me, but in the moment it did. Yeah. In the moment I was like, well, they are in a gun range and they do have a gun and he's threatening her. So, oh my God, wait until you read haunting Adeline. I know. I, I'm wait. I am waiting because it's going to be, we're doing it for the podcast, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, so I'm waiting. You know me. I edge myself with my books. I wait until the podcast and then I binge them in 24 hours right before the podcast. <laughs> so I'm very excited. All I hear about, I have, okay, for Den of Vipers, all I hear about is that knife scene. Uh-huh. And for Haunting Adeline, all I hear is the gun scene. So I am waiting patiently. I fell head over heels for Zade. I hear good things, man. I hear great things. He seems like right up my alley. (laughs) He is right up your alley. You are, (laughs) be prepared for spasms. I won't say what kind. Oh, spasms. Ooh, all right. But I mean, back to Maxim and my spasms for him, because I definitely have him. And you guys should definitely look up the guy that Zoe put on the cover of this book. He's perfect for this character. The only perfect, not perfect part is he's definitely not Russian. Well, as far as I can tell, again, because he says he's from he's Cuban. So uh, anyway, maybe I will send you his TikTok username and people can look him up. That's like a plan. Oh, oh, Faith, I'm sorry. I have to tell you this because you guys are gonna very excited about that. He has a Twitter. Uh, I'll put the Twitter in show notes as well. The Twitter is uh, 18 plus only. OK, if you know what I mean, there is some there is some stuff you see. <laughs> On the Twitter. Bye. I sent you the Twitter. I sent you this And I haven't had time to look. <gasps> oh. Apparently, <clears throat> I need to rectify that. 
I will do so yeah. when we are all, when we get done with our recording. They have the hot, sexy time in the gun range. Swallow every drop like my good little whore. She choked as a thick stream hit the back of her throat. <laughs> Finally, she swallowed. Oh, I tightened my grip on her face. Now lick your lips. <laughs> she boldly kept her eyes on me as she obeyed, seductively slipping the tip of her tongue over her bottom lip before gliding it over her upper lip. When she finished, <laughs> she winked. At that moment, <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure if I was still the one in control. Chris as I was. Yep. Yep. I loved it. Right. I'm bright red. <laughs> I didn't mean to embarrass you. <laughs> it's fine. My, oh, man, my cheeks hurt. <clears throat> no, it's fine. I'm, I am consenting to this whole situation. It's fucking hot. Oh, so fucking hot. <laughs> but hmm. he does make her focus and he does teach her how to use a gun. Yeah, she learns. And this is foreshadowing for later. He also makes sure that she takes a gun with her. He gives her one mm-hmm. that would fit in her purse. Very nice. In her makeup bag, which I love these girls who carry their makeup bag with them. Because <laughs> I used to be that girl. <sighs> and um, he threatens her with the gun. Oh, yeah. We did almost get a gunplay scene. That's why I was waiting for it. Because he says, I will show you another way that I can use that gun in your hand. Yeah. I was like, okay, show me. And then he didn't show me. <laughs> and this is when she finds out that the gun was loaded when she was pointing it at him. Yeah. Just curious, I bit my lip. Keeping my gaze on his gun, I asked, what would you have done if I had actually pulled the trigger? Maxim shrugged. Died. And then he quotes Russian poetry at her. Loved it. Because I was like, of course. It's like Russian Mafia 101. Learn to shoot a gun. At the same time, you got to recite Pushkin. And perfect. He recites Shakespeare to her. Phrases. Yes. That too. I don't know what it is. I mean, I love it because of course it's just Zoe, right? Zoe's this wonderful literary being. And she's like, how can I put classics in my Russian mafia smut? (laughs) I want to put them in. And she does a great job with it. And they have a nice little date scene after this. It's one of those nice domestic moments where they're in her kitchen and he he pours her wine. And this is where she asks, like, oh, how did you know that I like this wine? It's like, because I saw you drinking it on Instagram. She says, you know, in America, we would consider it super creepy to admit you had stalked the prospective date on social media. Which I actually don't agree with because everybody admits to it, I think. Especially nowadays, before you go out with a guy, like, you know his social security number. You check everything. And I think they check everything on you. And so it's pretty open knowledge that you stalk the shit out of their profiles before you meet up. But I guess she had to make a point. But she says, I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> he says, I thought, I thought I got you fired. And she's like, well, you know, in the hospitality industry, you're only fired until somebody else fucks up. And she tries to reason with them. I have bills to pay. I need the money. And in order to get the money, I have to work. Some of us live in the real world. Oh. So he just hands her a wad of cash. And he's like, how much do you need? And she gets offended. She said, I'm not a mm-hmm. whore. And he says, well, what do you think you were doing when you were showing your boobs to everybody? And she starts throwing things at him. She said, it's called being a bartender, you asshole, not a fucking whore. And he starts undressing as she continues to throw things at him. It's so funny. She's got a lot of stuff to throw. She does. Yeah. And she tries to order him out, which, of of course, that doesn't work. Mm -mm. Nope. 
but I, I do love it because she's like, stop. He says, stop trying to test my authority. I will not have you working at that place or anywhere else for that matter. And she's like, your authority? What is this, the 1950s? You don't have authority over me. And he says, I believe I have already proven many ways I do. Yeah, it's it's really funny because she's so mad and she's trying trying to be so aggressive towards him but she stands no chance because of course what happens when when she starts yelling he just like like you said she's he was already taking his clothes off he's like well we're gonna have sex now because you need to be put in your place and the way i'm gonna put you in in your place is with my dick and that's the only way take note mr savage the only way i ever want to be put in my in my place is with your dick (laughs) of course we have another hot sex scene. Yes, we do. It's so good. He's like, if she wants a fight, I'll give her a fight. Mm-hmm. And he just manhandles her. It's so hot. It's so hot. And then they do the butt stuff. This is when they do actual butt stuff. And they actually have petroleum jelly this time. Yes. They actually have somewhat of proper lube situation for once. I love that <laughs> we're the lube police. I love that that's what we've become. <laughs> Everybody needs a hobby, and I guess lube is ours. <laughs> oh, Lord. But Karina is not all about the butt stuff. No. I, I like he some doesn't. of our heroines. She's not that adventurous. No. And like most of our heroes, he doesn't give a fuck. No. No, he does not. He actually threatens. He's like, if you don't comply with me, I'm just going to do this without any lube at all. So you better hold your butt cheeks open, my friend. (laughs) And this is a a phrase that my very good friend has big problems with. She's texted me so many times about this specific phrase. I then fisted my cock. Spreading it along the shaft, the loop. She's like, that's not what this thing means. <laughs> she is very adamant that that is not what this thing means. And she is mad about it. Well, she does have a point. Yeah, this thing can apparently be used in several different ways. Look, I have to try to explain this to her. And you know who you are, friend, because I know you listen to the podcast. I know you wanted me to bring it up. I have brought it up. <laughs> Because I tried to explain to her that, you know, it just means that he took it in his fist. And she's like, that's not fisting. I was like, well, the kind of fisting you're talking about is impossible with a penis. I am pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, I brought it up. You may rest in peace, my friend. But of course, she comes. And she finally, in the midst of her orgasm, admits that, that she's his. Yeah. And I liked every second of it. I was down for it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I was not so down to the ass to mouth that came after it. Yeah, that was weird. I know some people are into that, but I'm personally not. No. The poo-poo in the mouth is not a good thing. <laughs> but hey, it's a romance novel. If you're going to do it in any place, I guess, do it here. <laughs> well, it's, it's just so ha- so. She takes her shower and she starts thinking and she overthinks things. And he says, do not turn a fun bedroom game into something that it is not. 
This doesn't feel like a game. No, baby girl, you're right. This is no game. But Karina comes to some harsh realizations about herself, and she's not really pleased with it. And she's not quite sure what to do with it. And he says, I know it's hard to believe when your head is spinning and telling you otherwise, but believe me, baby girl, sometimes darkness is just darkness. There is no deeper meaning or scary beast, just darkness. And she says, that can't be true. This has to mean something is wrong with me. Something is twisted and broken for me to like what we just did. And I, I kind of felt that. I think a lot of people who, who have some of the kinks that I have get caught up in the it's wrong and I shouldn't. So I understood really well where she was coming from. And I appreciated that she had the depth of character to voice those thoughts. Just as a side note, there's a really great podcast. It's called, the I think I've told you about it, Pink Kink Podcast. And they talk about this kind of stuff all the time about how certain kinks make you feel wrong and, and shamed and like there's something wrong with you. And it's really interesting because a lot of times they bring experts in to talk about like the psychology of it and everything. And I highly recommend, I think if you like our podcast, you'll like their podcast. So anyway, um, then is that when the next day she talk, she's talking to her parents, I think on her, her mom on the phone. Um, which I love the next day he takes her to the hotel where she's going to see Dylan. Oh, right. 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 Yeah. And it was such a great scene because they're like, a, they were like screaming and excited to see each other. Well, before that she mentions mafia wife right. and I cackled. She says, sorry, I'm still getting the hang of the mafia wife stuff. My cheeks flamed hot as I stammered. Not that I'm your wife or that I want to be your wife. I mean, I'm not even your girlfriend. I just said mafia wife because that's what they are in the movies. Not because I want to be your wife or anything. <laughs> that would be stupid. We've only known each other for two freaking days. We're not even dating. I don't know why I said mafia wife. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. It really was just an expression, an American turn of phrase. It means nothing. And I felt that word vomit to the bottom of my soul. You and me both. <laughs> because once I get started, I just can't stop. There is nothing, there is not a force on this planet that will make me <laughs> shut up. I think that's half the problem with this podcast is we both just won't shut up. Which people apparently like the long episodes, so whatever. Good for you guys, because we don't stop blabbering. But he says, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And he like winks at her. It's really cute. It's like, don't worry. I know exactly what you mean. And then he does say, although Karina Giovanna Miloslavsky does have a nice ring to it. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> He's going to marry her. But then she sees Dylan and all thoughts of marriage fly out of her head because she's seeing Dylan for the first time since all this mess started. And she sees the black eye and she says, did Ivan do that? And she only says that to kind of um, wink because she knows that it wasn't him, but she just wanted to, I guess, make her feel better so that it wasn't known that her uncle just beats her up all the time. I think that part of it was also she didn't completely trust Maxim's story. He could have said that Frank did it just to cover yeah. up Ivan's violence. 
And she says, I'll kill him. And then Mary goes, too late. Ivan already took care of that. Yeah. Like, nonchalantly. And Emma's like, I'm starving. <sighs> when is the food coming? And we have another moment where they are the entire menu. These people have absolutely no self-control. I, it's a very Russian thing, actually, now that I think of it. There's always so much food at parties and stuff. And I'm guilty of it myself. I have like two people come over for dinner and I make eight people's worth of food. I do that too. It's a Southern thing also. All right. So we get together and we're going to feed like 40 people at once. Awesome. (laughs) But Karina gets very excited over Dylan's new wardrobe. And we've already been over the conversation. We we covered it in the last the last Mm. episode, but she says, I don't know how you put up with these Russian men. They are so arrogant and bossy and demanding. I cut her off, warming up to the topic as I thought of Maxim, and brutish and stubborn and demanding. I already said demanding. I crossed my arms over my chest. It bore repeating. Mary said, I guess I don't need to ask you if you enjoyed your time with Maxim. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Mary talks some sense into to her and Dylan both about the criminal aspect of things. And how it's really not that bad. And it's just a job. And if they didn't do it, somebody else would do it. So it's better that they do because they do it correctly and make sure people stay safe. You know, morally gray, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we cut scene to Maxim back with his Russian boys. And he's like, I, I'm running late. I've got to pick Karina up to go to class. Mm-hmm. And this shit that they give him. I just, I tickled, I got tickled so much through this scene because they, I mean, and he gives it right back to them, but it was really, really funny. And then they talk about Luca coming to help them because we need to set up Luca for the next book because there's Japanese mobsters and romance reasons. It doesn't really matter. We know how I feel about that stuff. (laughs) If they're not kissing, I'm not interested. (laughs) But... Then he, he does decide that he's going to take her back to Russia with him. He says, the, the more I thought about it, the more I liked the idea. It would be far easier to keep her under control in my country than here. I could even arrange for someone to teach her about Russian pastries as I taught her the language. And he was saying that it would be nice to have them near her his parents and he could protect her better, blah, blah, blah. And I think at some point he asked Ivan if he was going to bring... Dylan with him and he was like well if Dylan wants to go and he was like you can ask her (laughs) just drag her on the plane man you can't say no which of course I loved that part then he goes to her class and we have the bread making scene yes ghost with dough yes ghost but with bread (laughs) it was really hot yeah because he shows up and of course charms the teacher the stern starchy teacher into letting him hang out and observe the class and of course then he gets involved and apparently boy knows how to knead some dough (laughs) and it was a really i I don't want to go over that scene because we cannot do that scene just not even close no it was really hot but he says because she but she asked him she's like how do you know how to need dough like you're an arms dealer and he says despite what you may think i wasn't a motherless mongrel <laughs> all good russian children learn to bake bread from their mamas and babushkas and 
I guess that's kind of the truth because I'm guilty of it. I bake sourdough myself every couple of weeks. So I used to, but I haven't in a very long time. Fresh sourdough is one of my favorite things in the world. Me too. Do you have your own starter? I don't anymore. Oh, I'll send you some of mine. Oh, cool. Yeah, I have some. I definitely don't do it as much as I used to because it's a little harder with a baby. But I did it a lot during pandemic because all I did was stay home. And when the, the big sourdough craze kicked in, I jumped right on that. No problem. I jumped on it so much that Mr. Savage was like, stop baking bread. <laughs> I'm sick of bread. Being sick of bread is like being sick of potatoes. There's no such thing. You would think that, but apparently I overdid it a bit. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really hot, delicious bread kneading thing. And it was even hot when he ate it later. Because he gets to judge all of the bread. Yeah. The, the bread taster. And of course he chose her bread. And he says, I could eat this one and nothing else for the rest of my life. <laughs> He's not talking about bread. And he takes her home to make love to her. Yeah. And she won't let him. And she freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. Because all like he really wanted to take it slow and like do like a nice sexy time. And and she said to him, Are you sure like, you don't want throat? to force this yeah. big, hard cock down my tiny throat? Yep. And of course he snapped and did exactly that. And they had great sex, but not the kind that he was intending to. And he got mad because he saw that she was pushing him away in a way. And this is when he walks in on her talking to her mother. Yeah, this is when that happens. Okay. What we they kind of hint at was her turbulent relationship with her parents. And she is giving her parents money. Her brother came to pick her up from a, a bad date when she was younger. And he ended up dying in a car crash. And so she's been dealing with that shit ever since because he was supposed to be the one who made a lot of money and take care of their parents and their old age and now that he's not around her mom was a complete cunt and maxim isn't having it he took the phone away from her and figured out what happened and she was like if you don't pay your daughter every cent that she ever gave you you will never see her or your grandchild ever again <laughs> i love that he's threatening them with grandchildren that don't exist i know and yeah it was really fun and then they go to, uh, then he like goes off to do business and she goes to a coffee shop to talk to Dylan on the phone. Of course, she has a guard that comes with her, but he doesn't speak English. So he can't really make her leave because he has explicit directions not to touch her. But as she's talking to Dylan, she talks about how she is looking for a new job because she recognizes that bartending gets her nowhere and mm -hmm. she wants to do something that will advance her career and this guy comes up and he says oh I, I overheard you talking about a pastry job conveniently I am looking for a pastry chef why don't you come on to with me and we'll take a look at the kitchen at my restaurant and talk things out and this is where she decides to be a too stupid to live lady and follows him <laughs> She does think like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, but she does it anyway. And she's like, I do have my bodyguard. He'll just follow me. So it'll be okay. And 
that's when she gets not sexy kidnapped, but real kidnapped by this Japanese mafia people. And she is, well, we kept seeing to the guard telling Maxim that she's leaving in the coffee shop. And Maxim is with Ivan and they're getting ready to meet up with Luca and he can't get away. So he says, follow her. He says, well, do you want me to stop her? And he says, no, don't lay a finger on her. Just follow her. And then we meet Luca. Yeah. Who is, I love the entry. I was just getting ready to say. Yeah, please go ahead. Just then a massive 18 wheeler truck rolled into view. It was the first sign of life we had seen on this road all night. I nodded in the truck's direction. Could that be him? As the truck passed, the back door rolled up. Two heavy, loose chains dragged along the tarmac, sending bright sparks blazing on either side of the tires. Inside the dark, cavernous space, a single headlight flicked on. There was the roar of an engine. A massive black motorcycle leapt from the back of the still-moving truck. The moment it hit the road, the tires screeched and the back end fishtailed before riding itself. The motorcycle sprang forward, careening down the road for at least a quarter of a mile before whipping around and returning to where we stood. Like an action movie. And Maxim says, hold on. I'm looking for a pair of panties to throw at you after that entrance. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. But Luca tells them that Katya has been kidnapped by the Yakuza. And that the Yakuza is planning on taking another target from Chicago. So Maxim calls the guard who doesn't answer. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Because they all call their prospective ladies immediately, all of them. And then we find out that, I mean, we already knew that she got taken, but he finds out that she's most likely not in the best place. She's walking down the street and she knows that this was a bad idea. She starts to get this really bad feeling and she she reaches for the gun in her purse and she realizes she has a lot of a lot of thoughts during the walk but she pulls the she starts to pull the gun and she says well in the real world people don't didn't pull guns on someone offering them a job simply because they got the heebie-jeebies on a dark winter's night. And she says, you know, it's getting late. Why don't we schedule this interview for tomorrow? And that's when Boris, the guard, gets shot. She tries to fight. She does get points for that. Yeah. Because everybody knows you don't get in the car. You don't go to the secondary location if if there's anything you can do to stop it. Yeah, she does a decent job at fighting the first guy. But then that other bigger guy shows up and she does not stand a chance. And he throws her against the wall and dislocates her shoulder. Yeah, that must that must hurt. But yeah, she does get a, end up kidnapped and brought to this other place. And when she passes out, obviously on the way there, because from the pain from the, the dislocated shoulder. And when she wakes up, she finds out that she's with some other girl there. Well, she wakes up in the trunk of a car for the first time. Oh, right. Right. And she realizes she can't get away. So she takes the gun in her purse and hides it in her makeup bag because she figures they'll search the purse, but they won't search the makeup. And that will give her an advantage so that she can get away. Yeah. I like that they took her purse with her, (laughs) with her though. 
Find criminals. Very much so. Even even later, though, they like put it in the same place as them too. I know. I understand that it has to happen that way for the book. I mean, it was just like that would never happen in real life. I don't think they would a not take a purse with you, and b would not kindly put it in the same location as you. And then we cut scene back to Maxim, who is furious. Dylan yeah. is hysterical. And Maxim is furious. This is when he recognizes that he loves her. This is that that light bulb moment. He says, they had taken her. They had taken my baby girl, my beloved, the woman I love. Yes, love. I didn't give a damn that I had only known her for a few days. How long did it take to know someone was your perfect match? To know that someone brought a spark of life and light into your world. To know that you would rather die than spend than think of spending one minute on this earth without them. Yeah. And he says, she would was, not die. I would find her. If it took burning this fucking city to the ground, I would find her. And they do find her. She wakes up and she's chained to the wall. And there's another woman in there with her. I love how we can absolutely distinguish between a sexy chain to a wall by by criminal and a non-sexy chain to a wall well in my notes i started doing i used to just write kidnapping and i've noticed and i don't know when i started it but i've started putting non-sexy kidnapping versus (laughs) sexy kidnapping so that i can keep it straight (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so true though because think about it in another world this could have been the love story between her and this Japanese mafia person. Because <laughs> he's done pretty much exactly what everybody else has done in previous books. It's just we know that he's the, the actual villain, not the sexy villain. There is something so wrong with us. There's a lot of stuff wrong with us, but we're not alone. We have people. We have a tribe. We do. I love our tribe. They're the best. Our tribe rocks. Yes. Well, it turns out that Katie knows Maxim. Yes. And she was there when he got his piercing. Mm-hmm. And Karina does not take that well. Uh-uh. Because <laughs> she thinks it's the dick piercing. But she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Not that one. Although I didn't think that that, I thought that was just a rumor, but it's good to know that it's not. And this is when Karina has her light bulb moment of I love him, but it says Katie laughed. Hell no. He's just a little too laid back for my taste. Besides, he's Russian. I promised myself I would never date a Russian. Too laid back? Jesus, what was her type? The damn Hulk? (laughs) Yeah. But then they come up with a plan. She does say, don't worry, Maxim is going to find us. He's, he's out looking for us. I, I know he's looking for me, so he'll he'll come save us. But then they decide, fuck that. We're going to save ourselves. Like, we got a gun. <laughs> and I love the the following scene because it's like a commotion, right? Like, they're, they're, everything happens at once. <laughs> well, the guys find out where all of the Japanese safe houses are. And mm-hmm. they go through one by one, destroying and killing. And, I mean, we're talking murder spree. Yeah. And they get to the very last house and Karina's got the gun. And Karina's like, well, we'll shoot our way out of here and we'll call the cops. 
Hmm? Katie's like, no cops. You're new yeah. to the Russian way, but no cops. No cops. And they decide that they are going to shoot the chain off the wall. <laughs> because that's not a specific shot that someone who's shot a gun one time is going to make. No. Yeah, it's... Uh... But she's like, well, Maxim did say it was a good shot, so... And just before she pulls the trigger, they hear this commotion outside. And then the guys get in the room. And, uh... Well, she... The bad guys come in first. Oh, the bad guys. Yeah, the bad guys come in first. Katie's like, no, wait till he's close enough so you don't miss. And when she fires... She almost hits Maxim as he comes. He's coming in the door. Yeah, she hits the door frame next to his head. But they, of course, like things happen and they they get rescued. And then <laughs> Maxim just admonishes, like, "Don't ever do that again." <laughs> and she's like, "Do what? Get kidnapped against my will?" Well, Corinna, they let her. They get her free from that chain, and Maxim is doing all these other things. And he turns back around and she's not where she's supposed to be because she is kicking the shit out of the guy who's, who kidnapped her. And Maxim is like, whoa. Yeah. He's like, that's my spitfire. Of course, they got turned on during that whole thing, right? It wouldn't be a Zoe Blake book if there wasn't a violent turn on. <laughs> but she's got a dislocated shoulder and that has to come first. And while Maxim is consoling Karina, Luca gets Katie free. Yeah. And he's not putting her down. <laughs> he's already imprinted. And it turns out that Katie is actually Katya, and she is very strongly denying her Russian heritage. Yep, because her dad is an asshole. And she's like, put me down. And he's like, sorry, I don't speak um I don't speak English. And he's like, you definitely speak English. <laughs> And then she starts cursing at him in French, and then he answered her in French, too. <laughs> so funny. And Corinna wakes up in the hospital, and I got tickled because he gives her ice chips, and she says, I'm dying. Yeah. And he says, no, 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 they just they just fixed your shoulder. And she's like, no, I must be dying. Either that or you don't want me anymore. You just left a piece of ice in my mouth without the slightest sexual innuendo. So either I'm dying or you are, but one of us is dying. But he le- he decides that this life is far too dangerous for her. And he's going to go back to Russia and let her live her life here. He's going to set up an apartment and a bank account and everything. But And he's going to have men watch over her from a distance. But he cannot be with her because he got her kidnapped because he got involved with her. And Vaiska tries to talk him out of it, but he's not listening. And then Mary gets involved, which I loved. Mary wakes Corinna up. And she's like, come on, come on, let's go. We got to move, 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 move. We got to get dressed. And Mary explains that Maxim is leaving. But Mary has a plan. Mary always has a plan. I love I I love love Mary. Mary. She's like, don't worry, Mary's going to dress Karina in her outfit, and she's going to put on the hospital gown. <laughs> I love it. She's like, don't worry, I make everything look good. <laughs> and Karina's like, uh, don't I have to sign paperwork or something? And Mary's yeah. like, welcome to the Russian mafia. There's no such thing as paperwork. 
yeah, don't worry about it. You're new to this. I got you. You don't, you could just leave. And so she's like, here's my car is, this is my, my car. Like here are my car keys. It's in this parking lot and you're going to drive to over here because he's about to try and leave the country. So she does exactly that. And then Maxim gets onto the plane and Karina's in there talking on the phone very loudly to somebody. And he's like, who are you talking to? He's like, your mother. <laughs> he's like, why are you talking to my mother? <laughs> who gave you my mother's number? And she's like, Mary gave it to me. Don't worry. Like, you're, you're being rude. I'm talking to your mother. Like, And I love it. He took the phone from her and he's like, uh, uh, Karina has to go now, mom. <laughs> we'll see you in a couple hours. And she sticks her tongue out at him and he pulls his belt off. Oh, yeah. And she right, she tries to run away. And she said, what does he say? Something like, you're a very bad girl. You're supposed to be recovering at a hospital. And, he, and she says, and you're a very arrogant bastard. How dare you tell me you love me and then try to sneak out of the country? <laughs> and he says it was for your own good. Whatever. They have hot, plain sex. And then they go to Russia and live happily ever after. You don't see the plain sex on this one, though. No, you don't. But it is implied. It is heavily implied. Yeah. Look, you got the shower scene. You can't have the shower scene and the playing scene in the same book. I'm not complaining. I was just and you got just mentioning so people knew. But yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I loved this book. I had so much fun w- with this one. Um, but that's we love Zoe Blake. So everything Zoe Blake writes is amazing in our eyes. But that is Sweet Brutality. Next week we will be featuring Sweet Ferocity. Which is yes. the newest book in the Ruthless Obsession series. Uh, and yeah. I, for one, cannot wait to get my hands on it. And I can tell you it's fucking hot. <laughs> so good. That book almost got me knocked up again. <laughs> yeah. it. I don't know how she does it, but every book is just hotter than the one before. So, God, I don't know if I can cope. It's I don't so know if Mr. Klein will be able it. to cope. Oh, he's, he better get ready. <laughs> Do we have any palate cleansers? I don't know. Why don't you go first while I think about it? <laughs> okay. Here, I'll give you two. It is Mother's Day. And I I love the irony of everything because today my children were the, the most hellish they've been probably <laughs> since I've had them. <laughs> my baby has slept through the night since she was six months old. Last night, she decided to wake up twice for no reason and scream bloody murder both times. But my my older kid, she goes to daycare and they make this cute little hand-colored poster. And they brought it, she brought it to me. <laughs> and it said, like, oh, my mom's name is this and she loves, this is her favorite color, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she said that I was 40 years old. <laughs> I'm 34, guys. And she said that my favorite thing to do is work (laughs) and that my favorite food is vegetables. So I was like, Elise girl is not calling me out and saying that all mommy does is drink wine and read smut all day. (laughs) So that's my palate cleanser. My palate cleanser is that this week I had a chance to connect with Mr. Klein's girlfriend And we set up a date to do a wine tour. So she and I are, and her daughter-in-law are going on a wine tour at the beginning of June. And I am super excited. She's my wine tour buddy. 
and I'm almost out of the good wine. So I want to be your wine tour buddy. <laughs> well, come on over. You're welcome to join us. I love my wine. So possibly I know people probably don't know this, but we've never met in person. So although according to Mr. Klein, we could, we live close enough. We do live close enough. I think it definitely would have to warrant some planning and a vacation because one of us would have to come to the other. So, but who knows? Um, it could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? But that sounds fun. You've never met her before? Oh, I have. We, we, oh, okay. we do this a couple, two or three times a year. Okay. We do our wine tours. But yeah, she's great. She and I get along real well. That's awesome. That sounds like fun. I'm fascinated by this whole situation. I don't know how that works. So you're more than welcome to tell me whatever you're comfortable with because I am all ears. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. It would be easier for you to ask me questions. <laughs> okay. So he has a girlfriend. Do you have a boyfriend? I do not at this at this point. Is that something that would happen? It could, yes. Okay, cool. He actually has two girlfriends. Oh, one him. Lives, so much time. <laughs> one who lives local and one who lives in Cincinnati. Okay. And she actually just left this morning. She was here for the weekend. Oh, fun. So that was fun. That was my second palate cleanser is that she and I haven't seen each other in maybe a, maybe two months. So it was good to reconnect. That's nice. So you all hang out together? Sometimes. Okay. I don't know how any of this works. And then sometimes I hang out with, with just them. Like Mr. Klein would not join us for another wine tour to save his soul. No. He did that once and he said never again. <laughs> <laughs> so she and I will hang out and his girlfriend from Cincinnati and I will, will occasionally hang out when she's in town. Cool. So, and then sometimes it's, it's all of us. Well, I don't know the two girlfriends have met. Okay. But I think that the only person that would not be down for the three of us getting together would be Mr. Klein. It's too much. That would be, I think, too far. <laughs> See, I, <laughs> that goes back to my, my whole thing where I told Mr. Savage about your situation and how he's like, I don't know how people do that <laughs> because he's like, I know I definitely don't want to work, deal with multiple of you. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess he's, uh, he's paying his price. <laughs> When you guys get together. He does. <laughs> Often. That's so funny. And we make him work for it. That's that's so funny. No, that's just interesting. I found it. I find it interesting. It's definitely not something I, it's not a thing I would ever do. Not because of, like, I think it's not, I don't think it's wrong or anything. It's just, again, it's way too much work. Like, I commend you. It is like, a lot of work. I barely see my friends. <laughs> well, I tend to keep things more at home than he does okay but that's that's not because I can't it's more that I find relationships to be a lot of work and I'm a very antisocial person yeah <laughs> and the idea you know it's hard for me to deal with with one per with the two people that live in my house yeah so so more than that is eh, I could take it or leave it yeah it's nice to have the option though yeah absolutely I mean I do have my like list of people, right? Like what is it, like freebies? Yeah. You know, you got your freebies. So, <laughs> which will never happen because A, they're most, most of them wouldn't even know I exist because they're like, um, I don't even know who they are anymore. They, it was Johnny Depp for a while. I mean, he's still <laughs> on that list, but like Johnny Depp wouldn't, 
would walk by me in like three seconds be like who the hell is this person and secondly like i think i would just be way too nervous (laughs) to actually act on that situation yeah and thirdly as much as i do say mr savage is a very easygoing person i 100 i think he would be totally against any of that (laughs) yeah from what you told me i don't think he would be down for that no no he's not he wouldn't but well it's fun that's okay. Some people are wired one way and some people are wired another. Yeah, totally. I mean, like I said, I think it'd be fun. I told you last time, like, it's cool to have multiple people to help you raise all those children. Like, I I would love another parent. Oh, I'm sure. But, but I'm just stuck with Mr. Savage and he's stuck with me. That's just the way it's going to be for a little while until the kids leave and then it's really just us. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Don't forget to rate and review. Post your screenshots on the giveaway post in the Facebook group and be entered to win a, a signed copy of the Ruthless Obsession series. Zoe was kind enough to offer that to us, and we are looking forward to the chance to give that away. Yeah, she also gave us a novelty flower vase, which is really cute. So we'll give that away as well. And... and- the uh, deadline for that is actually coming up pretty quickly because we'll be recording Sweet Ferocity soon. So you need to have that posted by the by next Sunday, the 15th. Yes, to please. be eligible. But also please follow us on all of our socials. We're at Trigger Warning Romance on Instagram and TikTok. I have a backup TikTok account. Follow me there. It's at Trigger Warning Romance with a little underscore at the end because I keep getting in trouble with TikTok. (laughs) So I just want to have a backup account just in case. We have a Facebook group, the Trigger Warning Romance Support Group. Please join that. That's where you can enter the the giveaway. And also I started a Discord because Tori and I were talking and one of our fans gave us the lovely idea to start a Discord because the way things are and our content is 18 plus and you know some some platforms don't quite like us posting about wee-wees and you know growly alphas so uh join our discord we'll put the, um a link also in the show notes for that it's everything in our linked link tree so you can maybe we should put the link tree in show notes and yeah follow us we are happy uh email us if you have any thoughts we're at trigger warning romance at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you let us know what you think give us uh, book recommendations and we'll see you guys next week have a great day we will see you next week with sweet ferocity take care bye